welcome to this inspiring message brought to you by Kingsword Media Outreach, a part of Kingsword Ministries International. We hope this teaching inspires you and transforms you into all that God has destined you to be. Please stay tuned for more information about Kingsword Ministries International following this message. May God bless you as you listen. going to experience better and again I love the word better you know in English you have good better best and if you are not careful if you are thinking in English you will think best is better than better but we are not speaking English in this place we are talking spirit better is actually better than best because the problem with best is you have reached the limit and there are no limits in God. Glory be to God. It's interesting. The Holy Ghost didn't get you guys to say, better is coming and the best has come. You know, we could have sang it that way. But God is telling you that it's not best I'm going to give you. Because if I give you best, they did not even say that when Jesus brought the new covenant, he has given us the best covenant. The Bible didn't say it's the best covenant. He said it's the better covenant. And that's the thing with better. There are no limits to it. There are no limits. The prophecy about the virgin giving birth to a child in Isaiah said of the increase of his kingdom, there will be no end. Better is coming and better has come. And the good news about it is the better that has come today, by this time tomorrow, better will come again. And better will come again. Praise God. And that means you can keep going from one level of glory, one level of greatness, one level of riches, one level of strength to the next level. And that means you will never have a better yesterday. Glory be to God. It also means the best that God has in store for you is in your future, never in your past. Am I talking to somebody this morning? Now, spiritual things, please get this. And this is one powerful thing in that song they sang, or, or the truth in that message, which was lifted from the scriptures that they shared with us. Spiritual things are operated, activated, executed, and established by forces. Um, and I don't want to spend too much time on this, but that song is so powerful. I just need to show it to you. It's It's forces. And there are so many spiritual forces that the Bible teaches us of in scriptures. Two of them are captured in those phrases. The phrase better is coming encapsulates the force of hope. And you need hope. What does it mean to hope? Um, to expect a better tomorrow. Praise God. Who is expecting a better tomorrow in this place? And I know when you ask a question like that, everybody will say I am. But please reflect. Reflect on how you are. Reflect on how you feel. Reflect on how you have um, responded to the circumstances and situations around you. You really need to be in a place, spiritually speaking, that you expect a better tomorrow. Now, for you to be that kind of person, you must be walking in and activating the spiritual force of hope. Somebody say hope. That means I may even be, be going through the darkest of nights. Like David said, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. I'm not saying I'm not going through difficulties. I'm not even saying I don't acknowledge my difficulties. He said I'm walking through the valley of shadow of death. I can sense death all around me. To walk in the shadow of something means that thing is near you. However, I have hope, glory be to God, that this too will pass. I am not going to end my journey in the shadow of death or even in death. So he said, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. He now said, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all days of my life and I will dwell in the house of my life. In other words, I'm expecting a better tomorrow. Better is coming. Glory be to God. 
And that's a force you need to walk in. I'm telling you, if you're going to experience better, better marriage, better academics, better finances, to be better spiritually, to be better in any area of your life, you've got to be somebody that is hopeful. Glory be to God. But hope is not enough. Hope is not enough. So there's another spiritual force that we need. And it's called the force of faith. Faith is not hope. So hope is saying I'm expecting a better tomorrow. Faith is saying I have it now. And that's why the other part of where they sang is so powerful as well. I'm not just saying better is coming. I'm declaring by faith that better has come. (laughs) Praise God. You need to understand what we are singing here on a spiritual level. And we are combining both forces. In fact, if you study scriptures, I could actually preach an entire sermon today on using faith and hope simultaneously. And that's how you do it. On one hand, you're expecting tomorrow to be better. On another hand, you are certain that I have it now. Though I have not seen it, yet I believe and I receive what I'm expecting right now. I'm not waiting for the bank account to change before I declare I have it. I'm not waiting for my body to feel okay before I declare I have it. I'm not waiting for the situation to turn around for my good before I acknowledge I have it. No, by faith. Somebody faith. Say faith. faith. And it's a force. You, you are using a force. What do I mean by you are using a force? Well, let me use everyday examples we all know. You probably came to church in a car this morning. Whether you drove your own car or you entered a bus or like me, protocol came to pick me. I, I didn't use my physical energy to walk to this place. Please hear what I'm saying from the hotel. Now, I could have done that. And perhaps somebody walked to church. Maybe you live very near church. But definitely, if you are coming from any kind of reasonable distance to church, you probably did not walk to church today. You use the vehicle. Because that vehicle has force that will not stress you. So all you do, please hear what we are saying this morning. You are sitting in that vehicle and once the driver ignites that vehicle, he activates the power in that vehicle and begins to press the accelerator. Force is being applied. And with minimal input or effort from you, something is carrying you and propelling you to your destiny, to where you are going. What's your destiny? Church. And you can arrive in church, you are not stressed, you are not worn out, you are not beaten down, and you can come and enjoy the service that you came for. Why? A force or the application of force took you from where you were, your house, to where you are going, church. Do you understand that simple analogy? That's how force works. The same way in the spirit. I want to go to a better place in my marriage. Or maybe I'm just single. I want to go to the better place of being married. I want to go to a better place in my career, my business. We are doing business in in tens of millions of naira already. I want to trust God that by this time tomorrow... By this time next year, we are now doing business in hundreds of millions or perhaps billions. That's a better place. You need force. You can't walk there, <laughs> spiritually speaking. Like you can't walk from your house if you are coming from a far place to church. Glory be to God. And you need to know the right force to apply. Depending on what you want to do. See, we, we use we, we are masters at using forces and powerful things in the natural. Think about it. Everything we use from electricity to our phones to the internet to anything you can think about, naturally speaking, there is a force behind them or a power behind them that makes them do things for us that we will benefit from at the end of the day. But we are not exerting our own physical energy alone in that sense. Am I still making sense to you? That's how spiritual things must operate. But in the spirit, it's not internet you are going to use. 
or a car or a phone. You use a force of faith. And this is why you must understand that faith is a force. Hope is a force. Glory be to God. And many times you combine the forces. You combine them. And two primary ones, and there's a third one. In fact, there are three key ones. I'll mention the third one um, in a moment. But I want to just emphasize the meaning of that song that the Holy Ghost um, impressed on the choir to minister to us. It's so powerful. If you're going to have better, you must know how to walk in hope. Better is coming. Better is coming. And faith, better has come. Better has come. Look at this verse of scripture. And I'll just quote one more before I read this one. We all know Hebrews 11.1. 1. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Do you know that one? What is it telling you? On one hand, you are using faith to bring about an actualization of your hope. Really, you are using both spiritual forces. Look at Colossians chapter 1. Let's just read this one. Verse 23. Again, I'm talking about you applying force. Somebody say, I'm applying force. I'm applying spiritual force. Colossians 1.23, just because of time. If indeed you continue in the faith, I want to encourage somebody this morning, someone that is expecting a better tomorrow, continue in faith. Continue to declare, I have it, even though I have not seen it. I don't want to take time to start teaching you faith. I know Pastor Joel has done that. So you can't be the kind of person that when you come to church, we are making our confession and you are not speaking with us. Or worse still, after we have left church and you go home, you are not speaking in line with the things we are declaring in church. Or even worse still, you know there's worse and there's worse. <laughs> you are saying something contrary to what we have declared in church or what we say in church that we have. So we are saying it's our year of recovery. And that's what we are declaring in church. Recovery is mine now. Restoration is mine now. And some you leave church, something now happens maybe on Tuesday. And what you are saying is say, everything has scattered. Everything has gone from bad to worse. You are not applying the force of faith. Perhaps you are ignorant. Perhaps you don't understand how spiritual things apply. And I want to assume everybody understands that we exist in both a spiritual and a physical world. That we are primarily and essentially spirits. Everybody here has seen a dead body before. Where did the person go? Well, that's proof that that person is not just a physical body. There is spirit inside the body. The body is a container. And you can't live your life based on just physical, natural things. You will never excel and succeed in life that way. You've got to know how to apply spiritual force. Like the force of faith. Where you don't say things based on how they look or how they feel. But you say it based on what God's word tells you. <laughs> Hallelujah. And in the face of loss and disappointment when you stand these things are not that difficult you just need to understand how to apply them and you declare recovery is mine restoration is mine now better has come now nothing has happened though <laughs> nothing has happened physically what are you doing you are applying a force of faith you are entering a car to drive you to church in the spirit that's what you are doing and the earlier you understand that the better and at the same time, you also have to be hopeful. So look, look at look at what he told us in that verse. Sorry, excuse me. Colossians one twenty three again. So number one, he said you continue in the faith, but that's not where he stopped. Grounded and steadfast, and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which you had, which was preached to every creature under the heaven. Of which I, Paul, became a prisoner. So it's okay to, on one hand, you see, we have two hands. On one hand, I'm declaring better.
has come by faith. And in the same vein, I'm continuing in hope and saying better is coming. Force. Praise God. To get me from where I am to where I want to go. And the Bible tells us in, I believe it's 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Look at this one too. And I think this one just encapsulates everything. Sorry, 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 13. And now abides, I will read it in the line of what I've just said to you. The force of faith, the force of hope, and the force of love. Now, love wasn't emphasized in the song, but this is now the teaching I'm going into. You also need to walk in love. When you walk in love, love towards God, where you consciously receive the love of God, that's where it starts from. We love him because he first loved us. So you get up every time of the day and you are telling yourself, I am loved by God. God loves me. I am favored by God. They just brought you a sack letter. <laughs> and the natural response or the natural feeling is that, wow, and they didn't sack everybody in the office, so they only sacked three of you. You know, naturally, your response in that kind of situation is, ah, where is God? God doesn't love me. Because the natural reasoning is that if God loves me, he won't allow this kind of disaster to happen. Okay? We give you that on a natural level. But you are not just a natural human being. You are a spirit. And in situations like that, glory be to God, you now apply a spiritual force of love where you say, though this has happened in the natural, I believe God loves me. Even though I just lost my job. <laughs> Praise God. I mean, that's force. You see, many times force is resisting something or pressing against something. So you remember what the Bible told us about Abraham in Romans chapter 4? Hey, praise God. I'm going deeper and deeper. The Bible said Abraham against hope believed in hope that he would become the father of many nations. See, he actually used hope and faith at, in, if you study Romans chapter 4. In fact, Abraham is the master of it. In fact, that's what the Bible was teaching us in Romans chapter 4. Just do like Abraham. Do like Abraham. Where you find yourself in a hopeless situation. What is hopeless? You are a hundred years old and you don't have a child yet. And you have never had a child. Well, you had had one. You had had Ishmael. But when he had Ishmael, his body was still functioning. But now that he was 90 something, his body had ceased from functioning. Remember when the angel came to tell them? The previous chapters that by this time next year, Sarah will have a child. The Bible says Sarah loved. Is it now that my Lord and I have ceased from... They had stopped having sex. So that was hopeless. Not only that, his wife had been barren all her life. She had said I had never had a child. So Abraham was in a hopeless situation. Please hear me and hear me very well. I'm still talking about the song from choir this morning. <laughs> it's a powerful song. If I were you, I will download that song and be hearing it and be playing it. It's the refrain me I like. That's what me I'm going with. Better is coming. Better has come. As I'm walking, better is coming. Better has come. Better is coming. Better has come. And I put in the hook. The rest of the year is the best of the year. Another powerful song. It's force of faith and hope. So in a hopeless situation, the Bible said Abraham still had hope that he will have a child. Praise God. And he mixed that hope with faith because he believed God. And you're able to do this when you are really grounded and established in the fact that God loves you. Hallelujah. Are you with me this morning? Look at your neighbor and say, apply the forces of faith and hope and love. Put up that First Corinthians 13, 13 for us. Faith, hope, and love. And I believe you've been taught on these things. It's, it's a force. And it carries you, it teleports you, it translates you, glory be to God, to the better place that God has for you. Somebody lift your hands and just give God praise this morning. Prophesy one more time. Better is coming. Better has come. Better is coming. Better has come. 
prophesy over your life. Shut your eyes if you need to. Lift those hands. Declare it under this anointing before God. Better is coming. Better has come. Better is coming. Better has come. Hallelujah. Praise God. Alright, let's do this because I think this will help. Go with me to Romans chapter 4. That wasn't my plan. But let's do this. This will help us a lot. Romans 4. Um, we are going to the book of Haggai. We're going to close with that. And then we're going to believe God for a strong impartation of grace. <laughs> Glory be to God. Over everyone in the house this morning. Hallelujah. Grace in whatever area you are trusting God for. Grace for finances. Grace for your business. Grace for marriage. Grace for healing and health. Any area of your life. That grace is available. We've seen that grace over this church. Over this commission. Is that grace that has brought King Swapotakot to this place? From the pastor's living room to where we are today. And is that same grace as it multiplies over our lives this morning. Praise God. That will take us to where we are going. Are you with me? So again, talking about Abraham, listen to what the scripture says. Therefore, it is of the force of faith that it might be according to the force of grace. Grace is another spiritual. So all these things are forces. They are forces. They are like um, our natural devices. So I could preach this sermon without a microphone this morning. And be talking to you with just my mouth. And I will have to apply a lot more energy. But I'm now using this device. And it is powered by all manner of technical, electronical, engineering forces at place. Physical physics is at work. That is, although I'm still using energy, but not as much energy as I'll have been using if I did not have this. Same thing, if you are in the spirit and you are not applying faith, you will struggle harder. And you most likely will not get any results. You are not applying grace. You will struggle harder. So all the Bible is telling us here is look. Learn to use the force of faith. Learn to use the force of grace. You already have a better covenant on bet, based on better promises. Your path is destined to shine brighter and brighter. We are already convinced that God has better things in store for you. That accompanies salvation. So he tells us here, please look at this. It's of faith. I want you to see something powerful here. That it might be by grace. Watch this. So that the promise might be sure to all the seed. Kayala Bosanta Kayala Sata. The promise, and specifically, he was talking about the promise of Abraham. What promise? The promise God spoke to Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, where God called him and told him, I'm going to make you great. I'm going to make your name great. I'm going to make your family great so that you can be a blessing to all the families of the earth. Abraham, I'm going to give you a better tomorrow. Better is coming. And the scriptures now tells us that if we are in Christ, Galatians 3.13, I'm assuming many of you are already familiar with these foundational truths. Am I right or am I right? You're a word church. This is King's word. I want to go to where I'm going, but I just need to touch on all these areas. If you are still with me, shout hallelujah. hallelujah. If you are in Christ, you are the 21st century heir of that promise. It's a transgenerational promise. I don't know whether you have ever inherited anything in the natural before. Or you are an heir to something your parents own. So they lived their own generation. Maybe they had a house or something. And they are now passing it on to you. And they're your own children and your children's children. And the same thing. That's why the Bible calls us heirs. 
heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. What we can see that Abraham and any other patriarch experienced in their own day, in their own time, we in our own day and our own time, we can experience the same thing. Though we are living in a different generation. Glory be to God. So the promise is sure to all of us. Hallelujah. Somebody say, I'm part of the seed. I always tell people, don't exclude yourself. There's no sin you have committed that excludes you from the promise. The blood of Jesus will cleanse you of that sin. There's no error of the past you have committed that will exclude you of that promise. The grace of God will cover you from that error. There's no mistake that you have committed that excludes you. The Bible tells you it's for all of the seed. Study even Abraham's life. Abraham was not perfect. Why are you telling yourself you have to be this, you have to be that before you can enjoy what God has promised? No! Hallelujah. You can have a better tomorrow. And you should have a better tomorrow. In any and every area of your life that you want to enjoy it. But you've got to know how it works. The force of faith must be in place. The force of grace must be in place. Hallelujah. To the end that the promise might be sure to all the seed. And you read on further, and we won't have the time to study this, like I said earlier on, it now taught us how Abraham applied faith. So that the day came, it wasn't only a matter of hoping he will have a son like Isaac, the physical delivery of that hope came into his hands. He was now hoping for something else. Oh, glory be to God. And that's how hope works. Nobody hopes for what he has. I'm not hoping to be married. I'm already married. There was a time I had to use the force of hope to get married. I'm not hoping to have children. Some of you may not know my story. My wife and I, it took us about seven years to have our first child. I had to use hope. Why we are going through that? But I'm not using hope for that anymore. I'm now hoping for something else. Like a new building for King's Lord Portacourt. So I can apply, I can apply hope in that direction. <laughs> and that's what Abraham did. You read on, if you study Genesis 22, I love what the Bible said about Abraham. Let's even read that one. This is very powerful. So he hoped here, it came to pass. Look at what the Bible said about Abraham in Genesis 24. This is one of my most lovely and powerful scriptures I've ever read in my Bible. Genesis 24. So there was a time and Abraham was hoping against hope to have Isaac. Look at what the Bible told us. This is towards the end of Abraham's life. Now Abraham was old and well advanced in age and the Lord had blessed Abraham in how many things? Hi! (laughs) Can you imagine that? This is the fulfillment of what God told him 12 chapters earlier. And Abraham had to apply hope and faith and hope and other spiritual forces, grace. Bless all of them. He had to walk in them. But he came to a place, glory be to God. Am I talking to somebody this morning? He came to a place. I know you are not yet there. I know I'm not yet there. Where he looked at every area of his life. Every. All means every. And what was on ground. <laughs> Evident. On ground. You know what I mean by on ground. Delivered. Blessings upon blessing upon blessing. He wasn't just having children anymore. In fact, even before the manifestation of Isaac came, Although Ishmael had come, so left to Abraham, he already had a child. But he had already been seeing manifestations in financial and material blessings. You know that story. But here the Bible says all aspects of his life, even spiritual things like becoming the father of faith. You don't imagine, I mean, you, when you are looking for a blessing, I want a big house, I want a big car. Then maybe even if you're having spiritual blessings, I want to have a very big church. Would Abraham have thought that God will make him the father of faith for all eternity? Human mind cannot capture that. Praise God. So there's a way to walk in it. 
you, you have the promise, you need to settle it today that you are a part of it. Somebody say, I'm a part of it. As long as you are born again and you are a child of God and you are now an heir of Christ, the promise is sure to you. Hallelujah. Do you have that? Now go with me to Haggai. And this is where God told me to declare over us as we close today. Can I hear somebody say, Better is coming one more time? Then you say, Better has come. Say it again, Better is coming. Better has come. I'm walking in faith, I'm walking in hope, I'm walking in love. Haggai chapter 2. For thus says the Lord, from verse 6. This is the word for King's Word, Portacot. And everyone that is a part of this church family. Somebody say, We are not too small for great things. <laughs> Hallelujah. Somebody say, God is here with us. You need to develop this kind of mentality and faith. I'm not saying God is not in White House. Oh. I'm not saying God is not in Buckingham Palace. I'm not saying God is, in, is not in one of the biggest churches in town, but the same way God is there, glory be to God, God is right here with us. And if you really understood what I shared with us yesterday in the workers' meeting, for those of us that were here, when you are at home, you can also declare God is here with me. And you wake up in the morning. You said it's about your personal work with him. Say he's right here with us. I'm not feeling somebody yet. Say he's right here with us. Hallelujah. And watch this. He's here to do what he has promised us. No, God doesn't show up on our attendance sheet. That's not what he came for. Praise God. He comes to do what he has promised and our own part is to cooperate with hope and faith and love those are the three basic forces and any other spiritual force we have learned to walk in any other spiritual force we are taught whether you are taught about the blessing you are taught, they, they are all synonyms all the things we teach about mysteries of the realm of the spirit they are like our natural physics, they are like the internet, the car, the house, the microphone, the AC in the natural that when we force them or when we put force behind them and apply them, they make our lives better glory be to God and the same way you will not in your wildest dreams or thoughts in the natural if you can afford it you will not live without an AC. You will not live without a car. You will not live without a phone. If you can afford it. The same way in the spirit, you will not live without faith. You will not live without hope. You will not live without love. In fact, in fact, when things come against your life that it seems to want to get you into unbelief, you resist it by force. Instead of unbelief, you choose faith. Instead of hopelessness like Abraham, you choose hope. Instead of a cause, you choose blessing. Never tell yourself, I'm suffering that generational cause. For we are. When it looks like generational cause, for that, you, you resist the face. I have generational blessing. I'm the seed of Abraham. I'm the heir of God. And you force. I mean, force. Not that you're not seeing signs that it looks like there's generational cause. So no, we are not disputing that. The same way when Nepal takes light and you have a generator. You force darkness out of your life by turning on the generator. It's force you are using. Oh, are you hearing what I'm saying? Yes, sir. But you don't limit it just naturally. You learn to do it in the realm of the spirit. Why would you have light in the natural and have darkness in the spirit? You need to know you also have a spiritual generator. They're all spiritual forces. And they're teleport you from where you are to where God wants you to be. The better place that God has for you. God always has a better place for his people. Always. You are in the valley of the shadow of death. God has a better place for you. Your brother stabbed you in the back and slowed you into slavery. God has a better place for you. 
the king is chasing you like the number one fugitive in the country. God has a better place for you. You just suffered a miscarriage or your child just died. God has a wherever you find yourself, we are convinced that better things that accompany salvation, they follow you. That's why we are teaching you these things. Hallelujah. We are not saying challenges will not come. In fact, Jesus told us in this world there will be tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have a better place for you. I have overcome the world. So wherever we find ourselves, glory be to God. Again, that's why better is better than best. Always has a better place. You can have more money, sir. You can have more peace. You can have more joy. You can have more fruitfulness. You can have more grace. You can have more anointing. Better is coming. And better has come. For you. Somebody say for me. Look, if your neighbor is next, I say, I don't know about you. But better is coming for me. And better has come. And today I'm learning to apply the necessary spiritual forces to make it a reality. The same way I drive my car. It's not a big deal. To walk in faith is to enter a car. Hallelujah. So God told these people before we read what God told them, because watch this story. <laughs> so, this was Haggai chapter 2. This was when the children of Israel were being brought back to their land after they had been taken into captivity. If you, if you study the book of Daniel and Zechariah and Jeremiah, just a summary of the history. A time came they were living in idolatry, the nation. And they had drawn away from God. And God allowed the Babylonians, King Nebuchadnezzar in particular, to come and invade their country. And of course, they thought our God will defend us. But because of their sin, God did not defend them. They fell into captivity. They were taken into captivity. Daniel was just a little boy then. And Jeremiah had prophesied. And Daniel said in his book that I understood when I read the book of the prophet Jeremiah. Jeremiah told them, you are going to be, this captivity is going to happen. There were other prophets in the land saying that no, God will defend us. God said, no, I'm not going to defend you. You told them, no, God said you're going to go, and you're going to be in captivity for 70 years. Now, back to God is always having better. But God now told them, if you read that prophecy of Jeremiah, even when you get to Babylon captivity, marry wives for your children, build houses, start businesses. In captivity, God still had a better plan for them. That's what Jeremiah 29, 11 was saying. For I know the thoughts I think towards you. Even though you are rascals and I'm going to allow this negative thing to come. But I know the thoughts I think towards you. Thoughts of peace and of evil to give you a future and an expected end. Always, God always has a better tomorrow. Even in our sin. We could look at scripture after scripture to establish that. Hallelujah. So he told them, but this captivity will be for 70 years. And after 70 years, you will be called to return to your hometown. Now, when the prophecy came, in those days in Israel, the most wild building was the Temple of Solomon. Somebody said, Better is coming. And better has come. The, the most, it was the White House or the Buckingham Palace. And the prophecy said that this temple will come down. Interestingly, in the days of Jesus, they had now rebuilt the temple of Solomon. This is the story where they were now beginning to rebuild the temple of Solomon. This story in Agai. And again, a similar prophecy came. It really type and shadow. Just like they backslid in the days of Jeremiah and Daniel and went to captivity. The same thing they were doing when Jesus came. They were really in a backsliding state. So they didn't accept Jesus. And Jesus told them, this temple is going to fall. That there will be no stone. The, the same thing happened. History repeated itself. Both the old temple and the new temple of Solomon. Just that there will be no stone upon each stone. And a few years after Jesus died, I can't remember the exact time, the Romans came in again and pulled down. The, they were already in captivity. They pulled. They destroyed that temple. But watch this here. After the seventy years had expired, King Cyrus now said, "Okay, they can start going back." In fact, you read the prophecy of Isaiah. Isaiah mentioned Cyrus by name. That a time will come, the king that will be running the world at that time, 
So Cyrus was one of the kings that took over after Nebuchadnezzar. Because after Nebuchadnezzar conquered Israel, he started being proud. And of course, God removed him and his children. Eventually, Cyrus came. And Isaiah prophesied it. And Daniel and the others, when Cyrus was king, came to him, look, God talked about you. They, they opened the Bible to him. It wasn't called Bible then, you understand what I'm saying? That a Cyrus will come. So Cyrus was, wow, ah, God knows me. And if you read that prophecy, let's read that prophecy. So it's so powerful. I, I, I mean, the, when I read these stories, it, it, just, it just lets you know that, man, God has your back. I mean, though you walk through the valley of shadow of death, you know that God is in control. Isaiah 41. I mean, this prophecy is so beautiful. Look at it. Isaiah 41. Sorry, is it 41 or 51? I think it's 51. 51. Glory, glory be to God. Um, sorry, not 51. Where's the prophecy of Cyrus? Who knows the text exactly? 40. Is it 40, 45? Yes, thank you very much. Sorry. Yeah, I think it's 45, I remember. Glory, glory be to God. Please watch this. Watch this. Thus says the Lord to his anointed, Cyrus. Imagine God called him, you are anointed. I'm going to anoint you specifically for this. This was a heathen king. He doesn't pray. He doesn't fast. He worships other gods. So God, that when God tells you that if you don't praise me, I will cause a stone to take your place. You understand what he's talking about? So you have anointed you, Cyrus, whose right hand I held. Watch this. This is very powerful. To subdue nations before me, to lose kings, to lose the armor of kings, to open before him the double doors so that the gates will not be shut. In other words, he's going to take over all kinds of territories. Doors of nations will be open to him. I will go before you. I will make the crooked places straight. In order, I will allow you to conquer all these nations. I will break in pieces the gates of bronze and cut the bars of iron. I will give you treasures of darkness. Hallelujah. Hidden riches of secret places. Look at all the things God can do, even for a hidden king. That you may know. I'm going to do all these things for one purpose. That you may know. Hallelujah. That I, the Lord, who call you by your name. This is hundreds of years before this king ever came on the scene. You could imagine his shock when Daniel brought the book to him. Cyrus, see your name is inside Bible. And they knew that these scriptures were written long before. In fact, the historical record of Cyrus was very cool. Wow, so God knows me by name. And this was one of the reasons why he told them, okay, you guys can go back and rebuild <laughs> Jerusalem. Because, hey, so God destined, God has a plan for me. God has destined me. That's how he was thinking. <laughs> Glory be to God. But watch this. This is so powerful. That you may know, latter part of verse 3, that I, the Lord, who call you by name, I am the God of Israel. I'm not the God of Cyrus. I'm not doing this because of you, Cyrus. See, some people get bothered when, ah, why are unbelievers having money? Why are the richest people not Christians? This is a very good explanation to it. I'm giving you all this power. I'm giving you all this wealth. I'm giving you all this wisdom. It doesn't have to be money alone. Don't get confused when you see unbelievers excelling. Ah, even these people, they are not Christians. Don't let that bother you. That's always, God always does that. Why does he do it? That you may know, sorry, that you may know that I'm the Lord who called you by name. I am the God of Israel. And it is for Jacob, my servant's sake. I'm not doing this for you, Cyrus. I'm doing it for my kingdom. For Jacob, my servant's sake. And Israel, my elect, I have even called you by your name. I have named you, though you have not known me. Not that I'm expecting to get born again. <laughs> you are just a tool. You are just like Pharaoh. I have a bigger agenda. I'm just using you. You know, the Bible said God raised up Pharaoh. In fact, the Bible said God was one that hardened Pharaoh's heart. A normal human being, after plague three, you would have said go. <laughs> A demon infested human being after plague five, you will have given up. <laughs> but the Bible said God kept hardening Pharaoh's heart. We are going to tensor. Don't give up. <laughs> we are because they must preach this message in 2022. If you don't part the Red Sea, and if you don't kill, the Bible said God killed the firstborn of children and the animals. I always joke that even the firstborn cockroach, God knows firstborn cockroach. You know, animals, there's no limit. <laughs> Some people think it's only cow. To even know firstborn cow, I mean, Baba Itwale. But God knows the firstborn cockroach. 
That's just my own imagination. <laughs> Praise God. But God said, I'm raising you. I'm giving you all these things for, watch this. Look at your neighbor and say, God has a plan for us. Hallelujah. I have named you, though you have not known me, I am the Lord and there is no other. There is no God beside me. I will guard you, though you have not known me, that they may know from the rising of the sun to his setting that there is none besides me. I am the Lord and there is no other God. Hallelujah. So all these things I'm doing, glory be to God, I'm doing it because of the sake of my people. Because of the sake of King's Word, Port Harcourt. Hallelujah. So God now told Cyrus. So when Daniel now came telling him, Cyrus, okay, you guys can go back and go and start rebuilding the walls. And then they came back. And then they started rebuilding the temple. And then God now renewed this world to them. This is where we are now. Just like we are building and raising a supernatural army in Portacot. Look at what God now told them. For thus says the Lord, Haggai chapter 2 verse 6, the Lord of hosts, once more, it's a little while I'm going to shake the heaven and the earth and the dry land. I'm going to shake things. So when events like COVID happen, that's the kind of thing God is talking about. I'm not saying that God wanted to kill people. But what God is saying is I'm going to allow things that shake nations, shake the world. When wars like what's happening in Russia and Ukraine happen, which may escalate to become a world war, God allows things that it's not only negative things. Sometimes it can be positive things. In the days of Joseph, a famine came that wiped out almost the entire world, but God preserved Joseph and the nation of Israel. So that's what it means by once again, I've done it before. Hallelujah. I will do it again. I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land. I will shake all nations. There are going to be some global phenomenons happening. There will be no nation under the world that will not say that this thing is not affecting us. Praise God. So stock markets all over the world will crash. Investments in cryptocurrency all over the world. It will affect everybody. I will shake all nations and they shall come to the desire of nations. In other words, desire of nations here talks about the wealth of nations. These things are going to affect their economy. It will affect their wealth. It will affect their produce. They shall come to desire of nations. And this is the interesting thing. While all this is happening, I will fill this temple with glory. Now remember what God was telling them that they were sent back to go and build the temple. In fact, if you really read the story, particularly the chapter 1, when they got back, the main focus was to build the temple and the walls of Jerusalem. They now, and they started doing that. But they now got carried away with building their own homes. Raising their own families. Doing their own businesses. And that's a warning to all of us. And things turned south for them. And God now rebuked them through his prophet. No, don't do that. I'm not asking you not to build your own house. Kings of Potakot, listen to me. You've seen the hand of God already. How we brought you from a living room to this place. And you know how much sweat, how much labor, how much sacrifice you've already endured to get to this place. I know it wasn't easy. I have my conversations with Pastor Joel. I know the sacrifice that has been made. And what those things can do, which is what these people experience, everybody now wants to start focusing on their own personal lives. Because they know, don't do that. There's something bigger than your own personal life in place. I'm not saying you should not look after your family or your house, but don't prioritize it over what God is doing. Am I still communicating to you? Because what God has in store is a better place. You're going to see it here. Hallelujah. He said, I will now fill this temple that you are building. This supernatural army that you are raising for me. I will fill it with glory. Says the Lord of hosts. How am I going to do it? Look at verse 8. The silver is mine. Don't worry that it's with, it's with Cyrus. Or with one unbeliever. Or this, don't worry about it. I'm the owner. The cattle upon a thousand hills is mine. The gold is mine. Says the Lord. And I love this. This is what we are believing God for. The glory of 
the latter temple <laughs> shall be greater than the former. Hallelujah. Now, specifically here, God was telling them, in fact, if you read the whole story, what they had built so far was a shack. A shack. There was nothing glorious about it. Particularly compared to Solomon's temple. You, you, if you read the story of how David reserved money for Solomon to build the temple, it was a glorious temple. And specifically, what God was saying that in your days, I'm going to build a temple through you that is far bigger and better than Solomon's temple. I mean, they couldn't believe it. They could not believe it. And I was, I have something better. Something better than Solomon's temple. And eventually, it took them several generations, they did. They eventually built that temple. The new temple of Solomon that was destroyed in the days of Jesus was far greater than the one David and Solomon built. But God prophesied it to them. And we can bring that prophecy into our day. Because it's still the same blessing of Abraham we are talking about. The glory of the latter temple the next temple God is going to build, the next church, the next level, the next phase, will be greater than the former. Hallelujah. And in this place, I will give you peace, says the Lord of hosts. Hallelujah. I came to encourage you today, Kingsword Port Harcourt. You have not seen anything yet. You can rise on your feet this morning. Please, somebody get on the keyboard. You have not seen anything yet. Oh, better is indeed coming. And better has come. Somebody lift your voice, begin to pray. Listen, all you need to do is just to align yourself and say, Father, here I am, use me. Here I am, use me. Jesus said, I will build my church <laughs> and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. God is telling them that I will build my temple. And it will always be better than the former. You have not seen anything yet. I want you to lift your voice in this place this morning. Lift your hands if you can. And just tell God, here I am. Here I am. Use me. The preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Ministries International. For information about Kingsword Ministries, visit us at kingsword.org. For information and additional resources. Thank you for listening to this message. And remember... Where the word of a king is, there's power.